everyone. It is so good to have you here on the Carry On Cast. It's the podcast of Easter Lutheran Church. I'm excited to be here with you today. I'm Pastor Megan, and I am here with Pastor Gary and Pastor Mary Sue, our interims for the month of August. Hey, welcome back. Thank Thank you. you. It's great to be here. Oh, it's so good to have you. Now, if you didn't listen uh, last week, uh, first of all, go back and listen to last week. But secondly, um, Pastor Gary, can you just tell us a little bit about you and your lovely wife and, and what brought you here to Easter? Uh, yeah, we've been uh, pastors uh, together, often job sharing, and uh, we enjoy working together. And the Synod office called us up eh, a month and a half ago or so, wanting to know if we'd be willing to do an, a short interim. I think they're calling it a bridge interim here at Easter Lutheran. And uh, Pastor Megan interviewed us, and the vision team thumbed up us. Is yeah, that a, that's that a about right. Yeah, they <laughs> give you the thumbs and, and so, up. Yeah. And so we're here. Yeah, and it's, happy to be so. Oh yeah, and we're and we're happy to have you. They joined us in worship just this this past week, and they'll be with us through about Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Um. And um. I I, not that I'm already talking about your replacements, but I'll let people know that once Pastor Gary and Pastor Mary Sue, um, move on uh, from here at Easter, we do have two permanent interims, that contradiction in terms, uh, folks who will join us uh, for the rest of this interim period here at Easter as we prepare to call our new pastors. So in the meantime, we get this wonderful joy of getting to know new people and hearing more about the both of you and getting to share in your wisdom. So thanks for being here with us. We're really excited to be here this month. Oh, thank you. And and we're excited to have you. We are uh, working our way through our new sermon well it's not really new anymore we're a few weeks into this sermon series i got to be careful getting to uh, the end of it oh my gosh <laughs> no you're right summer's almost over oh mary sue um so we're in our sermon series called grow in faith and and we're talking about faith practices these parts of being a christian parts of being a believer uh, that we continue to practice because they help us to grow in faith and I, I mean, growth means that no matter where you are no matter who you are there's always room for growth. There's always a way to develop and change and continue in your relationship with God. So, friends, this week we are talking about one of my favorites. We're talking about the faith practice of giving. And look, there are lots of ways to give. There are lots of ways to share your talents, your time, your energy. All of these things are so valuable and I just, I just want to name that we are in particular talking about giving money. And we're so loath to say money that you would probably think it's a four-letter word. Um, but the rest of the world talks about money o- all... N-E-Y. Close. Yeah, it's, it's almost there. <laughs> almost there. Um, but the Cash. Rest, ca- there it is. Hey, <laughs> cash is a four-letter word. Um, but the rest of the world talks about money all the time, really very explicitly. So if we, as people of faith think we can't talk about money for some reason. Um, I think that's a problem. I think we need to be able to talk about what our money is, what it is for, and how we are meant to use it as people of faith. But I am getting ahead of myself because we need to hear the lesson for this week. We are reading from 2 Corinthians. Uh, We read from 1 Corinthians last week. This is 2 Corinthians, so it is a second letter to the church at Corinth from Paul. It is likely that Paul wrote more than these letters, and this might not even be the second letter. This might be like the third or part of a fourth. We don't know for sure. 
That's not the point. The point is that Paul continues to write to this community at Corinth. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through, oh, help me out, verses 6 through 15. Yes. Oh, good, because 15 is a great verse. Allow me to read it for you. Paul writes, the point is this. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing in abundance, so that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, He scatters abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way for your great generosity, which will produce thanksgiving to God through us. For the rendering of this ministry not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Through the testing of this ministry, you glorify God by your obedience to the confession of the gospel of Christ and by the generosity of your sharing with them and with all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God that he has given you. Thanks. Be to God for his indescribable gift. Oh, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. There it is. Um, Pastor Gary, while we were talking about this passage and just kind of reading through it and reviewing it, um, you mentioned that you have a different translation of this passage. I do. Uh, Here at Easter, we use the new Revised Standard Version, and now there's a new, new Revised Standard (laughs) Version. Please. Well, at any rate, it's, its official name is New Revised Standard Version, comma, the updated edition. And there are just a few changes here and there, but we wanted you to be aware that there's another translation out there. And uh, we got talking about this because uh, in verse 14, excuse me, 13, Paul writes about the generosity of your sharing. And the, the Greek word there is actually koinonia. And I think that's important because uh, koinonia is fellowship. It's the, the community holding together. And it and it's interesting because last week Deacon Hunts talked about from 1 Corinthians 12 the notion that um, we are a community so knit together like the body of Christ. And I think that you really need to understand this passage about money in the same context of the relationship of people to one another. Uh, in the, and, and the, the context of this is Paul's raising money throughout the, his mission for the poorer Christians who are living in Jerusalem. So when you hear the generosity uh, with those people who need it, that he's talking about the poor people in Jerusalem. I think people sometimes get tripped up though, by that very first verse that you read. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. um, Where it says that the one who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And, you know, you often hear about 
people being encouraged to give because God will give back to you even more than you gave. Right. And it reminds me of what I think is the classic stewardship giving sermon that Pastor Gary gave. (laughs) Uh, um, Look out, Gary, because I'm going to tell this story. Um, we were what's called mission developers, right. and that means that one of our calls that we shared was planting a new church in Rochester, Minnesota. People of Hope. People of Hope. Oh, beautiful. And um, so it was a struggling new community. Maybe some of you um, remember when Easter Lutheran was at that new point in its life, and Pastor Gary was going to give a stewardship sermon. And I'll never forget it because he got up and he said, Pastor Mary Sue and I have tithed our whole married life, which wasn't as long at that point as it is now. But. <laughs> I've not been able to live down yet, folks, the fact that I pointed out that Pastor Gary and Pastor Mary Sue have been married for, as I quoted, almost half a century. That was that line will live in infamy. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, I digress. It's deeply embedded in my psyche now. <laughs> anyway, so Pastor Gary says, you know, we've we've tithed um, all of our married life and he leans into the mic and he says to the dear people of hope, and I have to tell you people that the more we give, the less money we have to spend. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) the point being um, not to fall into the trap of thinking that if I put $10 in the offering plate, maybe somehow mysteriously 20 will end up in an envelope in my mailbox this week. Right. um, Giving is about something much more, uh, much deeper than that. It's about generosity. It's about giving that means letting go Mm. and trusting the fellowship of the body of Christ and trusting that God works through that gift. But we let it go. Right. I similarly have a, a memory of a stewardship sermon that I heard on my internship, actually. And I remember the pastor saying, you know, isn't it funny that the pieces that stick with you, you don't remember yeah. the whole yeah. sermon, but there's right, something right. that stuck out. I remember the pastor saying that it is God's desire that we would live beneath our means. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what it yeah. what an intimidating and holy invitation. Yeah. We are we are called not to spend all of what we have because we have it and we can. We are called to consider, uh, just as Paul is talking about here, you know, this uh, the rendering of this ministry supplies the needs of the saints, overflows with many thanksgivings to God. Is this idea that our our money does more for us than just what it does for us mm-hmm. that we are intended to share it that these uh, that these gifts this abundance is meant to be to the glory of God and the good of the community so that line sticks with me we're yeah, meant to live beneath powerful. our yeah, means yeah. which is culturally really opposite yeah, it, it's um the the whole passage i think it can't be understand understood as somehow transactional, like this is an investment. It has to be understood relationally. It, it's mm. we do this as part of a relationship with the people we care about. We do this as part of a relationship with God, whom we love. It's who we are. 
it, giving can be cheerful because it's who we are. It's what we do. It, 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 it's, it's, it's what we do. I, yeah. It's, it's just part of our, our faith. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just I, I've heard another pastor talk about that, that that stewardship is ultimately everything with you that you do with your life of faith after you realize that that God has planted faith in your heart. Right. Stewardship is simply living your entire life in everything you have with everything you do as saying, how does this share and reflect God's love made known in my life so that God's love can be made known in others' lives? How can I share this abundance that God has given me every day in every part of my life? It, it, reframing it not as an obligation because you have claimed faith, but simply part of a joyful and loving life of faith, uh, I think kind of reframes it. For me. The, yeah, and one of the things I love about that, Pastor Megan, is it pulls uh, money into the whole mm-hmm. of our lives. The whole of our lives. Exactly. And um, we, in this deeply, massively consumerist culture, we often um, get the message that we need something else. We are deprived if we don't get that yes. new whatever. And um, that our self-perception of of perceived deprivation works against our just living. Like, I love the fact that I have a home to live in. I'm so thankful to God for my family, my three kids, and Pastor Gary of a half century. (laughs) And and, um, everything else, that little candle that I love, and the money. I mean, if we can fold it all together right. and have a more holistic view, um, we we get more of the sense of I think what this passage is about. Especially that you know the, the verse seven, which I think it's used as a bit of a weapon so often. Verse seven is each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or under, under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so full of guilt I think for so many of us not only should you be giving your money and probably more than you're giving right now but you should be happy happy about about it it. exactly right shame on you be cheerful (laughs) you're doing it wrong if you're not happy about writing that check and it's and it's not an obligatory you must be cheerful now it is an invitation to say what you give and what you share can be an act of joy you you can be happy about this cheerful about this another pastor whose line has stuck in my head is a a former pastor uh that i know who whenever he gets an opportunity to write a check or share something he he shouts out practically i just love giving money away Mm -hmm. and and i think he means it i think he really does rejoice in this opportunity to share what he has i i actually like to talk about money in the church because it is part of the whole um, the whole of our lives and I think that it's too often the case that people are afraid to do so mm-hmm. and um, oh shoot just slipped my mind what I was gonna say about that um, oh, I'll come back to it if I, I think of it but a, th- a way I can understand that God loves a cheerful giver which sounds shaming mm. uh, is uh, at christmas time i absolutely love 
giving gifts to the people that I love. I mean, I love, I can't wait for them to open it. But there have been times where I felt like, well, I need to get a gift. And it's obligatory. And, and it's obligatory because there isn't a relationship there. There isn't the love there. Ah. But when it's imbued with relationship, then, it, then I am a cheerful giver. Because I can't wait for Mary Sue to open that present. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Yay! <laughs> it's a gift. It was, it, it's actually what I want to get for my anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> Works out. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is, um, and maybe you people listening to this feel this way too, I think we all like to make a difference with our giving. I mean, look, GoFundMe is a good example of that. People are looking for an opportunity to give to some, in some meaningful way, in some way that'll make a difference. And, and we in the church have the opportunity to give to the best cause in the world, yeah. the gospel. Yeah. And um, we have to have in, such a relationship with one another in the church that we trust mm-hmm. that the, what we give to each other, whether it's something, some food we share or some money we share, is, um, is making a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And not only do we do we trust that the gifts that we share make a difference for each other, but we trust that the gifts that we have to share were were gifts to us in yes. the first yeah. place yes. from from a God who continues to give. It's it, it, people talk sometimes about, you know, a scarcity mindset where right. it's this there's never enough, right? If I if I let go of something, I will never get it back. I I I can't share because what if this is it? You know, what if I what if I give you my half of the pie and all there is ever mm-hmm. left is a half of a pie. Right. I, right. And and I and I get that, especially Pastor Mary Sue, to your point about kind of talking about a, a heavily consumerist culture that says you need more, you always need more, it's never enough. It's really hard to push back against that because we constantly get this message that it isn't ever enough. You right. do need more. You will never have enough. The The countercultural part about money and faith and giving in church is in God, there is always enough god who has given before will continue to give again we we pray give us this day our daily bread right like we don't say god give me so much bread that i will be able to meter it out for the next three years and i know for sure i'm going to have enough bread we pray today just just today take care of me today like i know you took care of me yesterday like i trust you will take care of me tomorrow Mm. um that's that's walking in faith Um, a mind-bending Another countercultural mind-bidding thing is the myth of ownership. Oh, uh, if if we can come to the realization, as it says in the old hymn, "Dear God, we give thee but thine own." <gasps> God owns the earth; is the Lord's. And once I can envision that I don't own anything, yeah. every God owns everything. Then sharing becomes a whole lot more joyful. Right. It's it's the line, you know. Um, I, if you talk about tithing, Mary Sue, you mentioned tithing, which is the, the concept of, of giving 10% back to God. And people always want to say, well, giving 10% before taxes or after taxes. And I just sit quietly and let someone talk themselves into a hole on that one. You really yeah. want to legislate where 10% comes? Okay. But the point is that I have heard said, okay, if we're supposed to give 10%, it's so easy for us to say, 
oh, I have to give away 10%. What if you say, I get to keep 90% of what God has given me. What a a blessing. What abundance. What what joy. Yeah, exactly. And it is, frankly, less than Uncle Sam's going to (laughs) take. It's a pittance, a pittance. And, and friends, I, if, if you heard me say, you have to tie, then you went, uh-oh, that doesn't feel like a cheerful giver. That feels like, a, that feels like guilt again. I Mostly, I invite you to consider, uh, I always invite people to consider percentage giving, you know, because that's variable depending on where your, your, yeah. your salary and your life is. Pick something and start there. I, my husband and I have had the continuing joy of being able to grow our giving every year because we've been able to pay attention to the percentage of our giving and the way as our salaries have fluxed and it's been I think a joy for us to say we can do more this year and we and we celebrate that and friends if you're thinking about ways that you can give to Easter Lutheran Church just as a reminder you can always put money in the offering plate on Sunday that is fine but if you like me always forget to have cash in your wallet and never walk around with your checkbook do people even write checks anymore is that a thing that still happens I'm seeing I've heads heard shake. about it it's a thing <laughs> I saw one in a museum <laughs> <laughs> if you like me are forgetful um, and or don't have a checkbook anymore uh, please know that we also have text to give you can also give on our website at easter.org slash give um, we have other ways to, in fact my my family has never put money in the offering plate not just because i'm forgetful but because we've set up automated giving so that a withdrawal comes from our account every month so we know the commitment that we made can be sustained even if i can't find the checkbook so if you would like to talk more about ways to give to easter lutheran church hey i'm ready to have those conversations with you but mostly know friends that your your gifts are so welcome here and we continue to trust that god whose abundance continues to overflow in so many ways so thank you for being a part of that here at easter lutheran church where our mission is to grow in faith and carry on the work of jesus christ bye everybody May the road rise up to meet you.